calm, cool, and collected. Those probably are not the words you would use to describe yourself after your child acts up, acts out, and misbehaves. In fact, it's often our first instinct to punish, right? To revoke privileges. Well, last week, parenting contributor Heather Johnson encouraged parents to avoid that power struggle. She claims punishment in any form is an ineffective form of discipline. But I had a question, and I am all but flat-faced. It's not about you. Yes. Right? Are they ever going to learn that, that those actions are not appropriate? Are they, if, if I'm not giving them some reaction, because they're going to get a reaction in real life. Mm -hmm. So if their parent isn't giving them some reaction, right. are they ever really going to learn? Absolutely. First, Absolutely, she says. Heather believes punishment isn't the only way to make the message clear, which sparked today's topic which is basically what to do instead. Heather's sharing what healthy and effective discipline actually looks like in our real parenting lives. That was the parenting, like, you know, shock that hit yeah, the air. For sure. You felt it in me. Yeah. And I've received a lot of feedback. We've received a lot of feedback on that conversation. So I'm so grateful for the part two. And you're standing by what you say, sister. Yeah, absolutely. There are other ways to approach disciplining our kids. And I think that's the, the biggest mistake we make is we think that if we're not punishing, it means we're giving in to everything, saying yes to everything, rolling over and kind of playing dead as a parent to our kids, that we just give in. That's not the opposite of punishment. And so there's this space where, of course, they need discipline. Of course they need, and there will be consequences, a lot of them naturally, that take care of themselves. But this idea of punishment, it doesn't actually teach them anything, and it doesn't build any relationships. Can you define punishment versus discipline loosely? I'm not holding you to your words here, but like, what's the difference? Well, a punishment is gonna be something, obviously, that we're acting out of most likely our own emotions, where we're going right at them very quickly because we've made it about us, and that's gonna have a lot more to do with punishment. It's gonna be taking things away. It's going to be hurting them in some way, in a sense, things that they might love or care about. There's a lot of punishment that goes there, what's, a lot of emotional decisions. What's discipline then? When there's discipline, there's gonna be teaching involved. There is okay. still gonna be consequences, but we're gonna consider them when we make them. It's not gonna be an emotionally-based decision. And it's going to be this place where we're looking to build understanding and again teach so that there's a long-term perspective instead of this short-term perspective. So it feels less about the action because you said consequences exist in both and more about the reaction or the tone, the way I'm packaging that, the way I'm approaching that, the way I am thoughtfully treating that as a parent. Is Absolutely. that fair? Absolutely. And where I'm coming from as a parent, okay. right? where I'm coming from, where if I'm hearing in my head, you're disrespecting me, I'm going to be really quick to throw a punishment at you. But if instead I'm hearing those words or seeing those actions and I'm reminding myself that they're 13 and this is a new experience and they don't know how to manage it, well, now I'm going to handle it very, very different. So that internal intent mm -hmm. has a mm -hmm. lot to do with whether we're throwing out punishments or we're actually finding ourselves in a healthy connective disciplining pattern. Okay, I really like different. that. I really like different. that. Uh, why, if I were to ask you, why are punishments so harmful? Why are you so against punishments? Well, and you know, we, we default to them first, right? Yeah. Where they, they kind of are this place we fall to really quickly. It's thoughtless. It is, and we find ourselves there, you know, maybe you were raised that way, and so it's all you know, and so it becomes a default for us, because mm -hmm. it's like, well, this is what I knew. I knew punishments and things taken away and, and always sent to my room, and so guess what? This is all that I know. We also default to it as parents because we don't know often how to manage our own emotions. So we feel frustrated or we're overwhelmed or we're in a rush. Punishments, it's so funny how they show up when we're in a rush or when we're behind and so all of a sudden we start to punish. Mm. And so that's another reason. And <clears throat> we default to it also because we want results. 
and we want them right now. And a punishment gets us a result quickly. And so we go right to it, right? If I do this to you right now, even I raise my voice right now, you're gonna stop yelling at your sister right now. But it doesn't do anything for us in the long run that's positive. It doesn't actually fix the behavior. It doesn't, and so we go that route. Now, if we look at the detriment, right, that you asked about, so we- Better word, we detriment, there. yes. There is the fact that it's a temporary fix, that uh -huh. there isn't any long-term any long benefit to it, really. There's this space where they haven't learned anything. So the next time they feel mad or frustrated or overwhelmed or anxious themselves, they don't have any skills or abilities to navigate it any different, which is why we get the repeated behavior over and over. The thought may be they've learned self-control in that they stopped, they stopped to think, I'm not gonna do that again. They stopped because they didn't wanna get in trouble and they were afraid. Okay. They didn't stop because they actually learned in that moment, oh, the next time I'm frustrated with my sister, this is a better approach to handling it. They didn't actually They don't that. have those skills. They didn't. We, didn't. we didn't teach them because a punishment doesn't teach that way, but it does get us that really quick result. There's also some detriment that comes because it hurts a relationship. It builds relationships between us and our kids, regardless of their age, that is based on fear instead of respect. Mm. Now, eventually there comes a point where we can't control our kids anymore, right? We can't put them in a car seat and buckle them up. We're hoping they'll get in the car and put their own buckle on. We, mm -hmm. we lose that physical control eventually. And when that happens, it isn't consequences or punishments that are going to help them respect or connect or stay engaged with our family. It's the relationship that will keep their ears open when they're 18, 19, 21 mm -hmm. to listen to us. It's the relationship at 16 that would have them consider what we're saying about a curfew or about keeping a room clean. It's long game. It's the relationship that actually yeah. keeps us connected. It isn't the punishment that's going to help them when we no longer have that control stay connected to us. We're going to get into some specific examples, which I think parents are hungry for. You're gonna walk us through the in the moment mm -hmm. situation, but first let's lay some ground rules as to what you recommend we do instead. First, you want us to understand our role. Yes, our role is to love them and to teach them. So when we're loving them, it means we're empathetic and we're understanding and we're teaching them. Nowhere in our job description does it say your job is to punish your kids. Mm. Our job is to understand them. And in that understanding, we can then, if there's a need for discipline, we're still doing those things, but we wanna teach them. So when you see them act up, when you're having a hard time connecting, you wanna find a space to teach them something so that they have the skills that they need to next time handle it different. The next time your sister takes your toy or the next time you get a bad grade in math, what do we do with those emotions? Let's teach them. You say clear and set boundaries need mm -hmm. to be in place. They do, and when we talk about boundaries, we often look at them as what our kids are going to do different or what we tell them they're gonna do. A boundary is what I'm gonna tell our kids I'm gonna do, and it requires nothing of them. Boundaries don't require anything of another person. Boundaries are what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna handle something. And we wanna tell our kids what that is. That's setting a boundary without them required to do anything. The key too to boundaries that we often miss is once you've enforced or set, spoken that boundary, we gotta make sure we connect with them. That ability to say, hey, here's what I'm gonna do. And I know that that's hard. <laughs> and I know that that's miserable and I know you don't wanna do that. We also can do a lot of work and should be putting a lot of energy into filling their buckets all the time so that before we even get to a situation, we don't have to get to the depths of that uncomfortable situation with them because we've given them lots of attention and lots of control long before we're in that frustrating situation. Like we have reserve. All the time. Yeah. So that there's, again, that relationship because we've attended to them and yeah. we've given them that. And lastly, it is really important that we're really loud examples of this. And by loud, what I mean is actually out loud, helping them hear us process and teach the exact things we hope they learn. There is nothing wrong with your kids hearing you say, 
I'm really frustrated and I know I need to figure out a healthy way to navigate my frustration. Say it, let them hear you process it and work like through it. Like narrate out loud. your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And then let them watch you, right? We wanna be an example, but sometimes we're too quiet of an example. We keep it all in our own heads. And so we haven't actually taught them how we're processing it. They need to learn to process it that same way. Okay. So we can be really loud. When, I like and that. out loud I like so that. that they can hear it. They can know that we feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And guess what? We can also talk them through how we're gonna manage the overwhelm yeah. or the frustration or the hurt or the joy. Uh -huh. We can be a loud example. All right, here's what's happening right now. Parents are listening, they're nodding, and then they really start to think and process. Yeah. They say, but Heather, <laughs> but Heather, but Heather. So we're gonna address the but Heather questions when we come back because these are more than just feel good words you uh -huh. say. We can put these into practice. We're going to put these through the parenting test when we come back examples of punishment-free discipline for some very specific scenarios. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Studio 5. I am with our fabulous parenting contributor, Heather Johnson. We just finished a great conversation about punishment in parenting. Heather believes it's not the most effective form of discipline. She touched on this last week, which interesting, you touch on this all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we've had a concentrated discussion. Conversation. Yeah, so yeah. I'm glad that we're doing this. And we felt the weight of parents individual questions because what you're essentially doing with this redefinition and it is that for a lot of parents I know you recognize that is you're kind of saying this is how it is how we should do it but kids are so different mm -hmm. so where does individualized parenting come into play with this discipline philosophy there is always a need to be individualized with our yeah. parenting to understand your kids to come to learn how they manage their own emotions and even as important to know how you respond to whatever that child does to that kid to that kid Kid, right because yeah. we respond differently to different children yes and so we have to make sure that we're really in tune and remember we say this every time it starts with us yeah our ability to manage those emotions all of this becomes possible when we're in control and manage how we are thinking so we've laid the groundwork if you didn't see the conversation that happened a few minutes ago we'll, we'll push you there first but I'm gonna throw out some scenarios okay. I hope to punch through as many of these as we can let's go to the three to five year old okay. age range being a little vague here they refuse to get in their car seat put on your <laughs> buckles put on your buckles no you have to put on your buckles no what do I do in that situation okay so in these situations you've got both sides you've got what you're gonna do right in the moment because remember your responsibility is to keep your child safe Safe. So right. It's not an option to not sit in the car and not be buckled. Then there's what you're going to do before and after, which is going to be separate, right? So if you're in that situation, you can give them lots of choices. If you know they struggle, you can head out and say, hey, do you want to do the buckles yourself? You want to climb up the steps? Do you, you can give them those options and choices. If they're still fighting you against that, eventually you're going to need to look at them and say, I'm going to buckle you in your car seat you're gonna tell them what it is you're gonna do. Okay. If you can prepare them beforehand, it's really awesome. If you know that every time you get in the car, it's gonna be a fight or struggle, then before you even get there, you're gonna say, hey, in 20 minutes, we're gonna get in the car. When we get in the car, I'm gonna be in charge of your buckles. You're gonna prepare. You are, you're gonna prepare them. Okay. And then from there, you're gonna connect. If they're kicking and screaming, it feels really uncomfortable to put a child in a car seat while they're bowing their back and, and so frustrated and crying. You acknowledge that. You can tell them, I know this is uncomfortable. I know you can't stand it. I'm so sorry this feels so bad. And also, I'm gonna do your buckle, and you're gonna buckle them. Okay, let's jump to 18 to 13, eight to 13, mm -hmm. eight to 13 years old. Uh, you ask them to do something. Mm -hmm. They are uncompliant. They are okay. resisting, whining, 
basically refusing, no, I sure. won't do that. No, I won't clean my room. No, 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 I won't do it. I'm whining, I don't want to. What do I do then? Okay, I know this one feels uncomfortable. We've been in this one too. This is the space where you're just gonna validate and hear them. You are literally, when they say, I don't want to, this is so miserable or it's too hard, you're gonna go, I am so sorry, it's true. Managing your room or making your bed, it's sometimes really that frustrating. That could repeat for an hour. It, it technically could. You're gonna take it one step deeper though. You're gonna hear them and tell them it's miserable. They're gonna whine and say, I don't wanna be here. And you're gonna go, I know, being where you don't wanna be or when you wish you'd rather be home, that's lame. You're gonna give them that. Okay. But then you're gonna take it a step further and you're gonna actually attend to why it is it might be frustrating to them. You're gonna actually say to them, you probably were hoping to be home so that you could play your video games by now. Or I know you have a million things that you wanted to do and staying here at your brother's soccer game is making it so you can't go home and do that. You're gonna actually understand why it is they might be frustrated. It actually won't go on for as long as you think if you'll attend to them. But what if they- If you'll hear them. They're still not doing it. They're not doing what they need to do. Right, so then you're gonna make sure that you're playing the long game and you're recognizing that you need to better understand the relationship between the two of you so that the next time they're gonna consider not whining and then acting differently, right? In that age group too, you can join them. You can say, hey, I know this is miserable, I don't like doing this either. Let's you and I tackle this together. Okay. And you're gonna bring them with you. Okay. Remember, it doesn't, you're not deciding if you're okay as a parent based on how your children manage their emotions. Okay. So you can set a boundary and, and buckle that child in and they might still scream and yell all the way to the, to the school. Yeah. It doesn't mean you did it wrong. Okay, right? at 30 seconds, can we do it? I wanna do it. You've got a teenager, you've asked them to, let's go to clean their room again before they hang out with friends. Okay. They don't clean their room, they're walking out the door. Okay, so again, you're gonna be very individualized with this. The first thing you're gonna consider before you just go, never mind, sit down, you're not going anywhere tonight, which is that very before quick Before you to yank punish. the rug out. Before you yank them back and then get on them. I've told you for, four days, we talked about this all week. You yeah. knew this was coming, right? You're gonna actually consider that kid and you're gonna think through, have they had a long day? Did they have a million things on their plate this week? You're gonna, you're gonna assess the situation and care about them first, right? Okay. Then you're gonna sit down and it's very easy to have a conversation, usually, where you can say to them, hey, we had this deal, we talked through this, help this be a win-win. This is something that your dad and I feel is important and I know being out with your friends tonight is really important. What do we do about navigating this? And you put it in their court to come up with a solution, right? To tell you, well, I'll come home an hour early so I can clean my room. Or if I do it really fast, then can I go? They're, they're gonna be right there with you okay. to start working through those things. My producer's gonna kill me if they won't engage, if they all but middle finger it and walk out the door slamming it in a huff. Yeah, if you're getting all of that, obviously you've, you've gone way past, right, where this relationship needs to be built. And so again, you're gonna work to understand them and validate, and then you can, as a parent, discipline or set that boundary where you're going to look at them and say, I'm sorry, we had this conversation and given it isn't done, I'm unable to let you go tonight, right? Okay. That I'm saying no to you hanging out with At your friends At that point, tonight, you draw the line. Right, then you would draw the line. Okay. But you wanna understand them first. Sure. Kids just wanna be understood. Yeah. So if you put all your energy into that, they will start to be malleable. They will start to consider listening and engaging. Is it slow for some? Yeah, it is. Is it frustrating for us? It is. It doesn't mean it's the wrong approach though. Mm -hmm. It's long still game. the approach that helps the relationship so that long-term, yeah. we start to see the things and, and the changes that we're looking for. I can see that, I can feel that. Heather, mm -hmm. thank you so much. Heather's contact information is on our website. If you have further questions, thank you again.